see me? No. Why? Why would I? Why would I be able to? Ah, oh, good. My camouflage is working. Do you think that whispering and camouflage goes together somehow? And also, you don't even have your camera on, and this is an audio podcast, so I can't. No one can see you. Camouflage. I don't know why you what you're doing this. Intros are hard to write sometimes, <laughs> especially when you have a very particular joke that you want to make, right? Camouflage. Yeah, okay. Do you want to do, talk about what we're talking about today? Yes. Today we are talking about a type of camouflage, camouflage. <laughs> that was in use during World War One and Two. It's named Dazzle Camouflage. That's a fantastic name. It's really good. <laughs> and we have British artist Norman Wilkinson to thank for this. Oh, Britannia. Brit- I might just start doing that now. And you know how you always do USA, USA thing to me? We can do that again. Rural Britannia just sounds so much better, right? It does. So, sure. Anyways, old, uh, old Norman there, he gets credit for it, but the idea had already been in the works. He kind of came along and perfected it, as we'll see. Way back in 1914, British zoologist John Graham Kerr persuaded then, get this title, First Lord of the Admiralty, Winston Churchill. He he did some other stuff in his career later on. Anyways, so Kerr persuaded him to adopt a form of military camouflage, which he called party coloring. No, just to confirm, this is P-A-R-T-I. It's not like disco coloring, you know, it's kind of, I think it's like part coloring, yeah, you know, like, like it's not like, like, kind of party. <laughs> it's still a good name. Not as good as Dazzle Camouflage, though. It's, it's camouflage. It's, it's camouflage. I do want to go back real quickly to the First Lord of the Admiralty, which is that phrase that you really struggled with. Mm-hmm. It's a very good title. It's no longer in use, though. It was the political head of the Royal Navy and senior advisor in all naval affairs to the government. I want it on my business card. First Lord of the Ungenius Podcast. That's totally fine. And while you go and get those printed, let me explain what Kerr's idea of party coloring was all about. He wanted to break up the outlines of ships with patches of strongly contrasting tones and countershading. This was intended to make the top of the ships, where all the guns were, to appear darker than the, lo- than the lower sections of the hull. This was adapted from the disruptive coloration, which is a type of camouflage often seen in nature. Like sharks do this, amongst other animals. It's also how birds hide their guns from onlooking predators. I'm not Mm a naturalist, clearly. I think, is is that it? Is naturalist the phrase? I don't know. What do you call a bird watcher? Isn't naturalist the people that like to be naked? No, that's, that's nudists. Hmm, okay. I'm ty- I'm Googling bird scientist. Okay. We'd be like avian scientist is probably the right Or Orthonology is the study of birds. Okay. Orthonologist? Okay. I'm not an orthonologist. No, you're not, clearly. <laughs> you don't even know what they are. Anyways, Churchill approved of the idea, and several British warships were then repainted in this, uh, this scheme. Naval officers were pleased with the unusual technique, saying that the patterns, quote, increased difficulty of accurate range finding. Churchill departed from the post of Lord of Admiralty the year later, and the Royal Navy returned to painting its ships grey. 
They told Kerr that, quote, various trials have been undertaken and the range of conditions of light and surroundings rendered it necessary to modify considerably any theory based upon the analogy of the colors and patterns of animals. That's a sick naval burn right there. You have to really dig in to find the burn. Mm -hmm. It's quite a wordy quote, but it's in there. As the British are off to do. They have may have spoken too soon, though, because in 1917, merchant ships were often lost to German submarines. This is where Wilkinson comes in. His system promoted a system of stripes and broken lines to distort the shape, size, and even speed of a ship. You should really look at the links in the show notes, but these ships kind of look like steampunk zebras. They have large angular sections of white and black paint, sometimes punctuated with a blue section too. It's really weird looking and kind of hard to describe. It doesn't look like something that a navy would No. would would have on on hand. Mm-mm. At the time, Wilkinson was a lieutenant commander on Royal Navy patrol duty and implemented this system which he called Dazzle on a merchant ship. He was then promoted, get this, to run the camouflage unit mm-hmm. to test and use Dazzle on both merchant and Navy ships starting in August 1917. Do you know how British people say the word lieutenant? Go ahead. Lieutenant. Yeah, it's weird. Spelt the same. Where's the F come from? Exactly. It's one of my least favorite uh, English words. English pronunciations of a word. Every ship that was applied with dazzle camouflage was painted differently. Each design was tested on small wooden models to be examined through a periscope. If the design was seemed good, it would then be blown up in size, not with explosives, and painted <laughs> on the hull, deck, towers, and weapons of the ship in question. I figured that was a worthy uh, distinction to make, it's considering good. we're talking about you know blowing up ships. Yeah. We're trying not to blow them up, actually, is what we're trying to do here. <laughs> uh, in 1919, the the Admiralty Committee, which seems like a really exciting group of people, uh, mm-hmm. they met to determine who had actually invented this technique. I guess there was some, some question about this. So they brought Kerr back in to see if he believed that Wilkinson had basically stolen his work. Kerr didn't answer directly, but said, quote, I make no claim to have invented the principle of party coloring. This principle was, of course, invented by nature. The leadership decided that Wilkinson was indeed the inventor of Dazzle Camouflage, and in 1922 awarded him the sum of 2,000 British pounds for the invention. That is about 114,000 in 2020 money. It seems like it's on the low side if it actually worked. If you kept your ship from being bombed, Mm -hmm. it seems like you should get paid more. Well, let's get to that, but I think I'm a little peckish. Oh, is that uh, British for hungry? Indeed it is. Okay, well, let's take a break and take care of that. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. If anything, this is actually just going to make me more hungry. (laughs) With HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. They cut out the stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in like 30 minutes or less. And their Easy Eats offerings have tons of quick and easy meal solutions, stuff you can prepare in 10 to 20 minutes with low prep or maybe quick breakfast breakfasts and lunches like it's not just dinners 
whatever is perfect for you. If you know, this is fantastic, right? Whatever you want. If you have a busy schedule, all of this stuff is available to you. Uh, I've been a happy HelloFresh customer for many years. I've loved seeing over time how the selection has grown. Now there's so many meal options that you can choose from. So you're definitely going to find the stuff that's great for you and your family. Uh, we cooked these fantastic uh, bean and halloumi tacos a couple of days ago that I absolutely loved. They were one of my favorites I've had for many ages. It was just a really perfect mix. And one of my favorite things about HelloFresh, it's all super easy. They take so much of the hassle out. So you can actually get better at cooking too, which is something that I've really, really appreciated. So go to HelloFresh.com slash Ungenius10 and use the code Ungenius10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. That is HelloFresh.com slash Ungenius10, code Ungenius10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And thanks to HelloFresh for their support of this show and Relay FM. In short, at the time, it was unclear how effective Dazzle was at protecting ships, despite it being used both in the UK and the US. In 1918, Dazzle ships had been attacked in 1.47% of sailings compared to 1.12% for uncamouflaged ships, suggesting increased visibility so people could see them more often, so they shot at them. (laughs) But as Wilkinson had argued, Dazzle was not about making ships hard to see, but rather to confuse enemies about its exact placement and direction on the water. Of the ships that were struck by torpedoes, 43% of the Dazzle ships sank, compared to 54% of the uncamouflaged. And similarly, 41% of the Dazzle ships were struck in the middle of the ship, compared to 52% of the uncamouflaged. So they may have been like attacked marginally more often, but the differences of sinkage and uh, the placement of the torpedo attacks were quite different, in fact. I mean, it's not nothing, but it's also important to note that Dazzle was more often applied to larger ships, which of course are also larger targets. American naval officers did what they could to quantify Dazzle's effects, but they ran into issues with too many factors and variables in the data to draw clear conclusions. By the time World War II rolled around, Dazzle was less useful, as the technology aboard ships, and especially on airplanes, had become much more advanced. However, in the Royal Navy, Dazzle paint schemes began to reappear in 1940, as crews would hold competitions between ships for who had the best paint job. In the U.S., other techniques had come to the surface as well. There's like this whole article in the show notes about these things, but in short, the U.S. Navy tried a whole bunch of stuff from horizontal stripes to just painting ships black. Yeah, (laughs) just paint them black. People won't see them. They should get that like Vanta Black stuff. Oh, yeah. That's what you need. That's what you need. That'd be exciting. That's real stealth right there. One of the techniques that really jumped out at me included painting a fank bow wave across the front of the ship so it always looked like it was moving quickly through the water, disrupting the surface. That said, some of these U.S. plans did look an awful lot like our beloved Dazzle camouflage. Yeah, some of it was definitely lifted from the... from Dazzle-like. Dazzle, Dazzle-esque. Mm, mm-hmm. Dazzle also showed up on aircraft. The U.S. experimented with it on Navy planes, but in practice, it did very little to confuse enemy pilots. Should have listened to us on this one. In World War I, the Royal Flying Corps came to the conclusion uh, after dazzling up some fighter planes of their own, results were uncertain. Mm. I'm sorry about that. I will accept this apology on behalf of the Queen and country. 
Dazzle has shown up in places beyond war. It is said to have inspired artists, including Picasso, who later took credit for the use of the technique on warships. British artist Edward Wadsworth, uh, was su- who supervised Dazzle painting, created a series of paintings afterwards with ships that were painted in Dazzle camouflage. And Canadian artists Arthur Lismer did the same, as did American Burnell Poole. Dazzle has shown up more recently as well. In 2007, it was featured in a showing at the Imperial War Museum. And two years later, the Fleet Library at the Rhode Island School of Design exhibited its rediscovered collection of printed plans for the camouflage of American War I merchant ships. They named that exhibition Bedazzled. It's just fantastic. Someone should have got a raise for that one. It's so good. Mm -hmm. And I will say, in the future... If you ever have the opportunity to visit the Imperial War Museum, I really recommend it. It's a fantastic museum. It's really well curated, and they do a really good job of laying all the exhibits out. It's a great place. In 2014, the HMS President was repainted by Tobias Rebinger to commemorate the use of dazzle camouflage in World War One. The President is one of the last three surviving Royal Navy warships of the First World War and has been berthed in the River Thames in London for almost 100 years, although it's moved a little bit. I was actually reading about this. It's it's not in the Thames at the moment. Um, I think it's being worked on uh, in another part of the country. There we go. There's one last thing we should talk about. Camouflaging new models of cars when testing them on the tracks or the road. Automakers have to log extensive testing before an updated or all new model of car can be put on sale. But they want to keep their designs a secret. So these vehicles are often covered in a wrap or bulky vinyl coverings that look like they were painted to avoid combat in World War One. I think this is also how Apple tests new iPhones. <laughs> Just put them in these weird cases. That's, that's right. Well, I would like to thank uh, my kids for this topic. They had a library book that included some information about Dazzle camouflage, and they were really into it and told me that we should do it on the show. They were right. They were. Really interesting stuff. If you want to read a lot more about Dazzle camouflage, and definitely go look at the pictures. The links are in the show notes at relay.fm slash ungenius slash 122. While you're there, you can send us an email suggesting your own favorite weird Wikipedia topic. You don't have to be one of my children to do that. You can also do that on Twitter. The show is at ungenius. You can find Mike online as I-M-Y-K-E, and you can follow me on Twitter as I-S-M-H. Until next time when we get into camouflage. Mike, say goodbye. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.